Hello, I'm Derek S. McGrath, my pronouns are he, him, his, and this is my first time recording an audio commentary. This is new content I'm developing for initial release on my Patreon. You can support my writing, research, and content like this at patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath. Thank you for your consideration. But what is this exactly? Well, today is Wednesday, January 4th, 2023, and that is the premiere for Season 4 of Boongo Stray Dogs. I have been a big fan of this show for some time, although it was slow going getting into it. If you haven't watched the series, the short version is that it's an anime based on an ongoing manga and light novel series in which real-life authors have superpowers, engage in shenanigans, and hunt down a book that, if you write in it, you can make anything come into reality. I had just said it was slow going for me to get into this series, and sadly, some of that is due to my own ignorance. I'm a literature scholar, I have a PhD in literature, so you would think a story in which you have Atushi Nakajima as a tiger person versus Ryonosuke Akutagawa and his magical overcoat would be compelling, but that's not where my research is. I specialize in 19th century U.S. literature primarily, so it wasn't until season two of the anime when it introduced authors such as Edgar Allan Poe, Herman Melville, and Nathaniel Hawthorne, that I got more into the series. The manga and light novel started in 2012 and written by Kaka Asagiri, with numerous illustrators behind the many iterations of the franchise, including Sango Harukawa, Kanai Neko, Ganji, and Oyo Yoyo, is directed by Takuya Igarashi, written by Yoji Enokido, with music by Taku Iwagashi, and the new theme song titled True Story, performed by the band Scream Mode, which, spoiler, before recording, I already listened to the full four minute and seconds theme song. It's really good this season. I'm probably going to be disappointed with how the visuals match if it's anything like the season three opening, but I'm getting on a tangent. The ending theme, Shirushi, is performed by Luck Life, who has done the ending theme to the previous seasons of the anime. The Japanese cast includes Yuto Uemura as Atushi, Mamaru Miyano as Asumo Dazai, Kensho Uno as Atagawa, and Kisho Taniyama as Chuya Nakahara. There are numerous other characters in this series, and I'll credit who I think may pop up in today's episode in a moment. So, what awaits us in Season 4 of Bungo Stray Dogs? This is where we get into spoilers, so if you don't want to know what awaits us this season, I suggest not listening to these audio commentaries until this season wraps up, or until you finish reading the manga, because, yeah, I'm going to be getting into manga spoilers up to what's come out as of today, January 4, 2023, and that would be chapter 105 of the manga, now out in Japan. So, if you don't want spoilers, stop listening here until you get to chapter 105 of the manga. Still here? Okay. At the end of season 3 of the anime... 
Atushi and Akutagawa managed to help stop Fyodor Dostoevsky, yes, that Dostoevsky, from his campaign of violence and got him arrested. Season 4 is going to see how Dostoevsky now acts as a threat from prison as one mastermind behind a scheme to get Atushi and his allies wrongfully accused of a crime they did not commit. If this was any other anime, Bungo Stray Dogs would pick up right after, and that would mean we would pick up with an adaptation of Chapter 54 of the manga, in which we see Dostoevsky's next scheme depends on Mushitaro Uguri, played in the anime by Takashi Kuseo, as he has been using his ability to erase evidence of Dostoevsky's crimes. It is now up to Atushi's co-worker, Rampo Edagawa, played by Hiroshi Kamiya, and his rival, Edgar Allan Poe, played by Toshiyuki Morikawa, to stop ogre schemes. But Bungo Stray Dogs is sadly not a typical anime. This is where we get into a problem. Back in November 2021, I wrote a post on my WordPress, com about what a Season 4 of Bungo Stray Dogs could look like, and this led to a problem. For each season of the anime, Studio Bones adapts not only the manga, but one of series creator Kaka Asagiri's light novels. Season 1 adapted one of Dazai's first missions, Season 2 adapted a novel about Dazai's past, and Season 3 adapted a novel about Chuya's origin story. Seasons 2 and 3 started off the season with these light novels, and honestly, as good as the one for Season 2 was, these light novel adaptations usually tend to disrupt the flow of the ongoing story, and they don't usually connect in any meaningful way with the themes or characters of that season. More often, they set up stuff that won't pay off until seasons down the road, and I don't expect things will get better with this season if Season 4 premieres today with a light novel adaptation. Like I said, I haven't watched the new episode. I haven't even seen any screen captures or preview images, so I don't know what awaits us. But if I had to take a guess, what do I think Season 4 would start with? If we don't start with Rompo and Poe versus Ogre, I think we're going to start with an adaptation of the light novel that shares more about Chuya's origin story. I haven't said much about Chuya in these introductory remarks, and if he is the focus of the season 4 premiere, I'll share more during the commentary and after the episode finishes. But his backstory is so not necessary for this season. At all. Season 3 was really bad at this in terms of shoehorning Chuya's origin story without that having any bearing on the plot for the rest of the season. At least if Season 4 is another Chuya light novel adaptation, then at least at some point we're continuing that story. And bonus, this story is actually entertaining. The previous season story about Chuya was for world building that doesn't do much to pay off anything except maybe a few details that will finally come up in Season 4, at least the second Chuya Light novel, if that is indeed what is adapted today, has some actual pathos and heart and good comedy. 
Like, it's a story about an android named Adam Frankenstein. I repeat, Fungo Stray Dogs in canon has Frankenstein's monster as a character, and he is this awkward, pleasant man who is stuck having to act as Chuya's babysitter and shenanigans ensue. You may think, didn't the trailers and promotional artwork for this season feature only the ongoing manga plot? And didn't the cast announcements only bring up the manga characters, not these light novel characters? And you're correct, there is no promotional art or casting announcements that I've seen for Adam and other characters from that light novel, yet... I wouldn't be surprised if I haven't seen it yet this afternoon that there is information already out now that the episode's premiered showing those casting announcements and promotional artwork, but we'll see in a moment. I have been lucky enough to avoid any content on social media or other parts of the internet showing off more spoilers, aside from getting to listen to the full opening theme song and not seeing the visuals that go with that, thank goodness. But enough of all of that. This has been a long enough preamble to today's audio commentary. I'm going to pull up today's episode, which you can watch on Crunchyroll. And since I'm pretty sure the previous seasons of Bungo Stray Dogs were union dubs, it is all the more vital to support actors' unions, so hashtag just a meeting Crunchyroll. I had the episode pulled up and have paused it, so after I do a 3, 2, 1 unpause countdown, you can unpause the episode where you have it and listen along to my commentary. This is my first time watching this episode, so please forgive me if a lot of this is first thought theater rather than more reasoned thoughts, which I'll share after finishing this episode. Everyone ready? Okay, starting the countdown to unpause with 3, 2, 1, unpause. Just given the episode title and what we're going to see at the beginning, I'm shocked we're doing this. The fact that it says this is a story about parenting and we're starting with Fukugawa and we're seeing the newspaper reports and we already have Rompo as part of the title. I can't believe we're doing an adaptation of the light novel that is about the origins of the armed detective agency. This should have been the adaptation last season. Last season was going to be about Fujigawa and what he means to the agency, and instead it starts with having the Chuya story. We needed to know how Rompo met Fukugawa earlier, and we didn't get that. And now we're finally getting in. I can't be more excited. And now we have the opening. And I'm glad we're doing this theater opening, because that's going to be relevant for this season's plot, since it is about how did Fukugawa and Rompo first meet. Yeah, now I'm just silent because they are making this such a theatrical opening, which I love seeing. At best, what I could say that makes this connect into the overall season arc is that Rampo and Fukuzawa have such a tie-in to our antagonist from the hunting dog, so we do need that build-up. And there he is, there's Fukuchi, our 
one of our antagonists this season. I'm going to try to avoid certain spoilers regarding him. And that that curry you just saw should be very familiar, which means, yes, you are going to see Oda in this season as well. Um, if you saw the season two opener, it did show Rompo recognize Oda, and there's a reason, as this arc is going to show, that Oda's path has crossed Rompo's before, although not in the way you would expect. I am just floored we're getting this as an opening. This is so good to finally get Rompo's origin story and how he met Fukuzawa. Having not read this light novel, but reading the wiki page for it, it's also exciting getting to finally have anime designs for characters that I only read about and never saw. This is a little bizarre. I remember this plot, and I don't remember this person being there before. I'm kind of wondering if this is going to be revealed as Rompo's father, but I don't think it is. I think this is the secretary to the pharmacy CEO. Yep, it is. This is the CEO of the pharmacy. This is their secretary. Studio Bones, again, not showing faces because it saves on the animation budget. Just kidding. It's a stylistic choice. I get it. It's that these aren't very important characters. They're just here to be characters who were killed off to set off the mystery. And now Fukuzawa wants to meet the assassin. And... Yeah, some of you people who really enjoyed how Season 2 started are really going like who the assassin is. That's just hilarious. Fukuzawa sold, don't touch the documents, so he's like, fine, I'll do it in the most dramatic way possible. There he is. We have brought back Oda, and wow, I did not realize how young Oda was in this flashback. I thought he was older, but yeah, that makes sense. Child assassin. Wow, I didn't know Oda was that young when he first met Fukuzawa. I've complained about how Studio Bones tried to make Dazai and Chuyo look a lot younger in their kid designs, but here they made Oda look young, and now we're interrupted with Rompo's arrival. And of course he has to interrupt our secretary explaining everything. I'm glad that they gave the secretary this Ongo-like design, and now he's just really tired of Rompo interrupting everything. <laughs> now I'm just reading the subtitles because I'm just impressed that Rompo has arrived on the scene and made his characterization so clear from the beginning. 
bad at directions, easy, just completely capable at being able to discern the situation, but also just constantly plagued by his instincts. If he's hungry, he's going to tell you. If he's lost, he's going to tell you. And now he's ignoring the evidence itself because he just wants the job to be able to feed himself. And he already calls out the lie that the secretary is giving to cover up for the crime. <laughs> the old man can speak, Rompo says. And Rompo's just walking all over the evidence, not even caring. And then he opens up the window, just ruining the secretary's work. Gotta give it a studio bonus. They know how to stage something like this to just be so visually dynamic. Like, here go all the papers, and now Rompo gets the one sheet he wants. And we get more of Rompo's powers of observation as he points out that no one stole any of the documents and that Oda didn't kill this president. It was indeed the secretary who did it. I know I'm just being an obsessive fan about this. I am so glad we're getting this adaptation. I am so glad we're finally seeing how Rompo and Fukugawa met. And Rompo just calls out the secretary for covering up and doing a sloppy job of covering up for this murder. And the best the secretary can do is say, this kid is lying, kick him out. Rompo just plants himself up on the desk. This light novel that was the inspiration for this, and Rompo does the little fingerprints pose to demonstrate pushing the president out the window. As I was saying, this light novel that became this anime episode also was a stage play. So I'm curious how much Studio Bones pulled from the stage play. I haven't had a chance to watch the video recording of that play. So I would be curious how much Studio Bones pulled from it or how much they just went in their own direction. One of the problems that I'm going to talk about a bit on the next live stream. Uh, I do a live stream on Twitch and YouTube Sundays at 11 a.m will be about this problem of how do you adapt something for anime without just sticking so close to the manga panels that you're not trying something new. But then you look at that scene where the secretary is just taking out the entire side of the screen while calling out Rompo. That's not something you could do in a stage play. So Studio Bones was focusing on how do we adapt this without having... A manga game in a way where you're so fixated on manga panels that you aren't trying something new. And now Oda has broken his restraints. And I'm laughing because Oda still has this deep voice despite being a little kid now. In the original light novel, I believe Oda was not named and you didn't see his face. So Fukuzawa didn't recognize who this was. 
the anime decides, no, have Oda show his face so that the audience knows who this is. This fight scene isn't that impressive. We kind of had just Oda floating, and that's supposed to look like he's getting around everywhere. If there is a benefit, it is showing off that Fukuzawa was not able to keep track of Oda because, again, Oda can predict movements. Oda has now shot the secretary dead. And now we get the blood pooling. That's some of our first red. I haven't brought the color use here. A little hard for me admittingly, given that I am colorblind, so kind of hard to tell exactly what I'm seeing. And Rompo says, don't even bother calling the ambulance. He's dead anyway. Man, Rompo is harsh. Oda has gone away. Rompo brings Fukuzawa to get a ton of rice cake. Or rather, red bean rice cake. And then not eating the rice, just the red bean because it's sweet. Fukuzawa asks how Rompo could have figured all of this out. Rompo figured this out because the secretary has code on while sorting through the documents and who would do that. He had to have been so that people won't look at his fingers or I guess I'll have to rewind at another point looking at his fingerprints. Huh, I didn't know this. Rompo in this iteration, I don't remember this in the light novel, but here in the anime he says... He was trying to become a police officer, was in the training program, but got kicked out because he pointed out his chief was corrupt. And there we pause a moment to reveal Rompo's parents have already passed away. Fukuzawa goes to pay the bill and then says, Rompo stops him saying, so you're just going to leave me after I just gave my whole life story of being an orphan at 14. <laughs> I do like that Rompo calls him out like, you're just going to abandon me. It's kind of like the Iron Man 3 thing of, I'm just a little kid and you're going to leave me alone. Fukuzawa explains he's a bodyguard for the police, so he leaves his contact info with Rompo, and Rompo is heading out with Fukuzawa paying the bill. Fukuzawa calls after Rompo, but now has another flip phone call coming in. And it's already Rompo asking for help, and Fukuzawa just has the most, I'm done with this reaction. <laughs> Rompo was still acting like the orphan, saying, I'm all alone and had nowhere to go. Please help. I am so relieved, and I'm going to keep repeating this point, that we are getting the Fukuzawa Rompo origin story. This is a pleasant surprise. And it will tie into Fukuchi's story as one of the antagonists this season. I just wasn't expecting this. So now we go to the theater, which you already saw in the opening theme song, which was cool. I've already forgotten this, and forgive me for not doing research on this before starting. I know that the playwrights for this theatrical work is based on a real-life Japanese author. We now have the manager of the theater, 
kind of reminds me of Kuyo from the Mafia bits in design. Mostly in the face, obviously not in the hair. She's now showing the threatening note written now in newspaper clippings written by someone named V promising to do the murder. If this had been the Chuya origin story, it would have been Verlaine, but thankfully that's not who V is here. <laughs> oh boy. Rompo just expected to get hired, and once he learns there will be other job candidates, he's upset. Oh boy, he just... Rompo just called her the wrong thing. Rapo calls out the manager here that she's playing Fukuzawa against the police so both of them keep the other one's corruption in check. Fukuzawa defends himself saying he's just here to prevent a crime and wants to interrogate her staff members to figure out who might have sent this threatening note. This is a good start for Studio Bones this season. A lot more of the comedic reaction takes. Something weird I had read on TV Tropes this week, they had complained about how much this anime was so much more slapsticky than the manga, and I was thinking, had you not read the manga or the light novels? They have plenty of these gags in there already. The anime, actually doing animation to animate the slapstick is really good. Fukuzawa is now interviewing one of the actors who complains how long they've been in this business and that they're willing to kill because they're tired of not getting their big break. Hmm, Studio Bones is making this person have that distinctive Bungo Stray Dog smile. So Murakami is this actor. And... Yeah, the smiles making this one look more Chuya than they need to. I kind of wish they varied this design a little. Rampo is already calling out this actor for who they actually are. Fukuzawa's trying to stop him. This is doing a good job setting up the dynamic of Fukuzawa having to be Rampo's keeper and Rampo being the real brains behind this operation. More faceless actors, so literally extras. One of the other actors brings up that Murakami is the one you should pay attention to because they're the one who wants all the spotlight. They were already meeting with the playwrights. So we get the playwright's name as well. Another actor who is in a minor role says Murakami's probably going to be the one who... Wait, did they just... That one extra there just said, I'm probably going to end up being stuck being a taxi driver later. Is that the taxi driver who was in the Dazai and Kunikita light novel? Uh, man, Studio Bones is just playing games where I'm going to need a stream board connecting all these characters. 
We just skipped over Rompo losing out on some free chocolates. He's now going through the concession. We just had the newspaper headline that Fukuzawa is paying attention to regarding the Hawk Assassins. I don't remember them from the light novel. I don't know what they tie into this season's arc. Were the Hawks supposed to be the hunting dogs? I don't think so. Rompo is insisting that this isn't a threat, it's a warning. A threat will have had an either-or scenario. This warning is a warning saying that it is a declaration to kill an actor. Kind of skipping ahead and spoiling this a bit. If you're giving a warning, could it be that the warning is a distraction from the real crime that's going to be committed? Oh, wow. When Fukuzawa has his flashback, it's in normal colors. I know that's so weird to say, but this is such an odd color arrangement for this flashback arc. And I'm digging it that Studio Bones took a risk on this. And yeah, I'm going to be really insulting. When you have something as good as Mob Psycho and something as mid-tier as this season in My Hero Academia, I appreciate having Studio Bones taking effort in color arrangement choices man and they're doing more flashbacks and it's all in normal color that's such a weird choice but it's like oh okay it doesn't have any meaning but it stands out or no obvious meaning rather but it stands out as just we made a different choice so then the choice becomes more deliberate and obvious to the audience Man, I am so glad they're adapting this light novel. I know I've said this before, but this is just so much more exciting than getting the Chuya one. The Chuya one will have hurt emotionally, but this one's going to hurt too. So we're going to get the pain, but at least this ties in more to seasons four theme and story. And Rompo is doing the Sherlock routine, identifying everything about what kind of a person Fukuzawa is, including what weapon and choice he uses. And Rompo points out that the last job Fukuzawa had must have traumatized him. I don't think the light novels or the manga have pointed this. Oh, okay, Rompo is explaining this, and yes, this is confirmed in the manga, and this is going to tie into this season. This season, we learned about the war that took place, and that's what that headline was about the Hawks. Oh, wow. Studio Bones just knocked us out of park this season already with just one episode. Fukuzawa yells, and that manages to literally put out so much breath that knocks Rompo back. That is good choice of... It breaks reality, it's not realistic, but it gets across what you're trying to show, that Fukuzawa is a force of nature, and he just knocked Rompo over by yelling at him. But anyway, uh, 
the backstory I talked over that Rompo explains. We're going to learn this season about the war that took place. And the war's been brought up before, I think, by Mori, Fukuzawa, and others. And now I think we're getting the ending theme, I guess. So this will be a wrap on this episode soon. Anyway, to stop the war, the Japanese government hired Fukuzawa to assassinate military commanders and members of corporations to stop the war. Basically, think the current plot spy family. Here, Fukuzawa was the Twilight. So we get the ending theme and the cast and credits. No new ending title sequence yet because, you know, haven't gotten to season four proper with the actual plots. This is my first time hearing the ending theme, so I'll be surprised how it goes. Just looking at the credits, we can see work done by JC Staff, Silver Link, and Seven Arcs as well for Studio Bones. Not bad at all. I'm kind of surprised to see Silver Link and JC on this. So, while the credits roll, I can give some quick thoughts about where things are going. We saw Natsume, the cat person that Fukuzawa worked for in the opening credits. Yes, you are going to get him in this opening arc. No, wait. No, we didn't. We saw Fukuchi. He looks like Natsume. So, sorry. My mistake. Same face problem. Um, But yeah, you will get to see Catman return in this. The cat remains important to all of Bungo's stray dogs. But Fukuchi, we haven't gotten the proper appearance, so kind of weird putting him in the opening, aside from making it obvious his conflict with Fukuzawa and how that screws things up for Rompo. And next episode, the day is a dream, the night is real. I'm wondering how long this light novel adaptation will go, because... There are at least two more narrative beats, so if you don't want spoilers for what happens in the next two episodes, you might want to stop here, and I'll be back next week with another one of these audio commentaries. Thank you for listening. Okay, are you still there? Alright, so the next two beats are we do have a murder here at the theater, and that's where we also get Rompo breaking down and just explaining how difficult life is for him and this is a bit of an aside a couple years ago I had done a commerce presentation about how you read neurodivergency with Rompo's character in Bungo Stray Dogs so much of what you're going to get in the next episode is Rompo saying that the way he conducts himself and the way that he isn't picking up on other people's social cues and that he doesn't feel like he belongs and that his family was protecting him and making him recognize his strengths and values but now he feels like he can't function at any job in this world it is not hard to read Rompo as a neurodivergent character there is that danger of ascribing real world conditions to fictional characters and what that says about how you are trying to diagnose someone when you are not a trained professional, and I certainly am not. But I wasn't making the argument as this is how I read Rompo. It was this is how fans who are neurodivergent have read Rompo, 
and how important the character has been to them for recognizing what it feels like being neurodivergent. I will not be shocked if we get a ton of takes from this arc talking about what Rompo means to them with that kind of characterization. I wonder what we're going to get in the next episodes. If we are doing an adaptation of this light novel, Fukuchi, our antagonist from The Hunting Dogs, the one who was placed with Fukuzawa, who we see in the opening title sequence, and again, who is our antagonist this season. Fukuchi, from what I remember, does not pop up in that light novel. He wasn't hinted yet. He wasn't introduced in the manga yet. Will Studio Bones introduce him earlier? Will we see a flashback? Or was he the person on the phone with Fukuzawa earlier? Is he someone who's going to call in Fukuzawa and keep trying to get him back into the military? This light novel ends with Rampo and Fukugawa forming the Armed Detective Agency, and the manga confirms that the first person to come visit their new office was Fukuchi. Will Fukuchi be knocking on the door at the end of this arc, and that introduces him to Rampo and us in the audience, and sets up the threat that our heroes will be facing the rest of the season. I'm just floored after how Studio Bones, in my opinion, screwed up doing the Chuya light novel adaptation at the beginning of Season 3. Getting this as the adaptation to start Season 4 is a excellent choice, and I'm just so happy they did. I'm excited to see where things go. But I'll wrap up here with one final question. What did you think of this opening for Season 4 of Bungo Stray Dogs? I would love to know. Please comment, and if you're interested, you can reach out to me on, well, I'm not on much social media now, but you can find me on Discord if you're a Patreon contributor, or you can email me, derek.s.mcgrath at gmail.com. So, until next Wednesday, I've been Derek S. McGrath. You have a good day. Bye.